before we get to the episode, I just wanted to shout out to my fellow podcasters. Thank you for the support. I really appreciate it. I want to give something back to you guys as well. If you're looking for sponsors, affiliate links, ads, go on podmetrics.co. That's P-O-D-M-E-T-R-I-C-S dot co. And use my code Divine Healing by D to sign up and find sponsors. That's podmetrics.co. Referral code Divine Healing by D. Good luck. Hey guys, welcome back to Divine Healing by D. Today I have on relationship coach Alex Scott from at the Alex Scott with one T. She has great TikToks posted on her um, Instagram. Definitely check it out after this episode. We're going to talk about uh, how to identify and heal childhood wounds and how to emotionally regulate. It was a great talk. She has some great points and she also kind of gives it to you in a non-threatening easy non-judgmental way which i really like and i hope you guys enjoy this episode with alex so my name is alex scott and i'm a relationship coach that helps women to heal toxic relationship cycles so that they can create stable love great do you feel like you had a surge in business during covid because i definitely have heard just about anyone that I was like working on going back to toxic patterns old Mm -hmm. partners just because they were lonely and they didn't want to be alone during this scary time so did you feel like that um I don't know if I would say I had a surge I definitely had um a lot of people who were hitting me up for advice on how to deal with quarantining with their significant other um just because it's it's such a new normal um and people don't know how to be in the same space and coordinate schedules and things like that so I definitely had a lot of people hitting me up for advice on how to handle those circumstances interesting yeah I would I would see that do you also think that a lot of people don't take into account what happens during their childhood could really affect how they deal with partners in situations like this? Oh my God, a thousand percent. Um, there is so much that, um, if you don't, if you aren't into like conscious work or, um, meditation or anything like that, if you're kind of going through life on autopilot, people don't even realize that they're repeating these um, behaviors and that were modeled to them throughout their childhood. So it's, it's actually really crazy once you get into the science of it all. So how do we identify it first? Sure. Um, well, first, I'd really like to touch on just like what exactly inner childhood wounds are. Yes. A lot of people don't even <laughs> really realize. No. Yeah. So To go into the details of that, um, when we are fresh out of the womb between the ages of zero and seven, our brains are actually operating in what's called a theta state. Um, So we absorb everything around us like little sponges. Um, If you've ever heard someone who wants to raise their kid bilingual, that's why everyone says, um, you know, do it while they're young. Um, And that's because their brains are so absorbent. But they're also functioning in what is considered an egocentric state. And what that means is that they their brains are so little that they cannot comprehend how to compartmentalize events 
So a great example of how this would play out, you know, let's pretend we're six years old. Dad comes home from work and is super stressed out and angry because he, you know, something happened at work that day. Right. We're so little, we can't, we can't um, play that out in our brains. You know, we assume dad came home and he's angry. Well, it's my fault. What did I do? So unless you were in an environment where your parents sat you down and communicated, you know, dad had a bad day at work. And so that's why I'm upset. It has nothing to do with you. You have been associating all of these negative energies and these behaviors to yourself. And so what that starts to do is these little childhood wounds, these almost seemingly like um, small little events that would take place regularly in our childhoods Mm -hmm. have conditioned us for relationships as adults. And these wounds are basically like a lens with which we view our current life. Um, So if you're not healing those, if you're not going back and kind of like, if you will, like weeding them out by the root, then they're going to keep showing up in your relationships, like tantrums, yelling, even physical symptoms like shaking or nausea, indigestion, Um, you know, or sometimes people even dissociate where they're physically in the room, they're physically present, but mentally they are like checked out somewhere else. Um, and so that's why it's so important to really do this work and take the time. And once you start doing it, it gets easier and easier with being able to connect the dots between what you're seeing happening in your life now and what immediately prompted that back in your childhood. Um, yeah. Wow. Cool. So going into identifying them, my number one tip for anyone who's listening is to identify your triggers. Mm-hmm. Um, your triggers really are your teachers. And what triggers are is a basically a big response to something super small that occurred. Um, so whether that's responding to anything like sarcasm or, um, you know, a delayed text back, that's something that can oh, trigger yeah. a lot of people. <laughs> um, you know, if they don't get a text back within w- what they feel is an appropriate amount of time their body can, you know, subconsciously what they're being told is I'm being abandoned. And so then they start to get these anxiety symptoms. Um, You know, sometimes people get really demanding when that happens because they're so scared they're starting to act out in that way. Um, But whatever these triggers are, you know, there's a few questions you want to ask yourself. So the first thing is when you feel yourself reacting, ask yourself what you're experiencing. Listen to the body sensations and start to identify how your body is trying to talk to you. Um, if you have a meditation or a body scan practice, this is going to be a little bit easier for you. And for those that don't, um, I recommend you try and embrace one only because I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Yeah. And and we'll get more into it too when we get into emotional regulation. But if you're not able to hear your body out and what it's telling you, then this work is going to be so much more difficult. So being able to identify what areas of tension or, um, again, just how your symptoms show up, whether that is something like IBS or, um, you know, something as silly as like, or what seems silly, but painful stomach ache, <laughs> um, which for me personally is how, how mine would show up. I had a lot of shaking and a lot of nausea, um, And so then once you're done, like kind of doing that body scan, ask yourself what you're thinking and feeling and label the emotions. We go through life on autopilot so much that we hardly spend the time to be like, what am I actually feeling right now? Is this anger? Is this sadness? Is this frustration? What's the deal? And if we're not, again, able to sit down and label emotions, then this work is going to be so much more um, difficult. So 
if anyone needs a tool for that, I recommend Googling um, the wheel of emotion, which is a really fun tool because on the outskirts of the wheel, it has all of these like basic emotions. And then as it comes closer and closer to the center, these emotions get more and more specific. Um, So that's just a great tool to have around. If you're like, I don't know how to label what I'm feeling, read through that list and then be able to circle or identify like, oh, I'm feeling livid. I'm feeling lonely, whatever it is. Um, Thanks for mentioning that. I haven't heard of that actually. Oh my gosh. It's so helpful. Um, And, you know, I know as a relationship coach, I know if I get someone who has trouble identifying their emotions that this was a skill set that was not taught to them as a kid so I always whip that out and I'm just like all right let's just play this game like circle a few that you're feeling right now um yeah because again going back to science um this work has actually been proven to show that if you don't have the capability or if you're not Mm -hmm. taught as a kid to um, identify emotions and be able to communicate through them um you are more predisposed if you will for anxiety and depression as an adult so yeah so taking the time to do this is super super important this is why I always say that it's better that two like whole people that are fully healed come together and have a child yes absolutely I feel like um there is like a space it it depends on the relationship though if the relationship is actually healthy there is room in there for growth and healing but that's the caveat is too many people don't want to take the time on their own to actually do this work so they just get into the next relationship subconsciously you know on autopilot going for what they've always gone for and that's when you get into these self-sabotaging patterns instead of actually making headway in your growth journey because you need to make sure that your partner is healthy and so that they can hold space for you. If you're in a relationship that is going to drain you, how the heck do you think you're going to be able to take care of your needs? You know, so hundred percent. Do you find a difference, for example, when dealing with a client who, let's say you have two clients, one Mm -hmm. of them has grown up in a I'm not going to say fully emotional, abusive house, but let's say one or two of their parents have some sort of like undiagnosed, like uh, mental issue. And then you're dealing with another client who has been emotionally abused, but like the parents, there's no mental issue like that has been discovered. Like, do you, do you see like a difference in these like two clients that you're working with? Like, does the one with parents with mental issues have like a harder time reacting to things or they're more sensitive or yeah this is a great question um and I can actually testify to this personally because my um my home was very much filled with uh emotional and verbal abuse and that's Mm. actually that's actually what propelled me into doing what I do today Um, (laughs) it's very common exactly (laughs) and because of um, and because of my upbringing, it's like, I know I'm not the only one out there. And so it's like, right. I can pass on everything that I've learned and adopted to be able to have yes. the relationship I have today. Why not give back? So that's how oh, I got I into this that. to begin with. But yeah, my mom, um, God bless her. I'm currently not in contact with her because of mm-hmm. my own boundaries, but yes, very much to the textbook of, um, undiagnosed. And then later as an adult, I found out she actually was diagnosed with something and I had no idea about it as a kid, but anyway, yeah, she, um, 
you know, parents do the best that they can with the they skills do. that they have. Oh my God. The day you find out your parents are just human. It's yep. really. Yep. And so to answer this question, um, yes, I think the difference between the two is that the parents who have, um, possibly some kind of disorder, um, mm-hmm. that's undiagnosed is the repetitive of it, right. the repetitiveness of it versus the people who, have these occasional circumstances where they lose their temper or say something they shouldn't mm. have said. Um, and the reason is when something's chronic, when you're exposed to something that's chronic, it's so um, detrimental to the human brain because it's basically a form of brainwashing in a sense. Mm-hmm. You're being exposed and told certain things or, um, you know, and also for me, I grew up in a hyper conservative home. So if I wasn't conforming to their ideals, I was seen as a heathen or um, less than inferior, like, and because of that, as an adult, it's had such an effect on me. I still have days, Davina, where of I I have another light bulb. Like, oh, that's why I'm so competitive when it comes mm-hmm. to, Isn't to that great? Isn't yeah, that great? it's it is. It's it's. And then once I make that connection, I literally feel like a breath of fresh air because mm-hmm. I now like it takes the pressure off. You know what I mean? It's like like oh, bricks left off like you totally like took weight off your shoulders like bricks on your neck and like your back just coming off that's what I feel yeah exactly and so having the ability to really be able to do this and like I said before it gets better with time like what took takes me five minutes now to be able to track back to a childhood memory Mm -hmm. used to take me like an hour or two or sometimes even days of journaling so yeah but but that would be the biggest difference I see is if someone is exposed to something regularly they Mm -hmm. have a a lot more work to do in that sense because it is fight essentially this internal struggle of you're trying to bring in these conscious thought patterns that are the complete opposite of your subconscious wiring so it's it's very similar to like how a computer works I always like to use this analogy your childhood self doesn't go away it's like it's like old computer files stored on this computer that you had like when you wrote papers back in high school and it's still on your computer and even though you haven't seen it or you forgot it's on the computer it's still Mm -hmm. sitting there taking up space I love that and so so it's like until you run a virus scanner or until you sit down and clear out your hard drive it's still just going to be sitting there and so that is what we're doing with the brain. We're basically going in and we're reorganizing things and healing old wounds so that we can operate now at a higher, more optimal level within our current life. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I use Reiki. I try to go clean up my files every once in a while. Yeah. I've never <laughs> tried Reiki and I really, really want to try oh it. Oh my God. You can try it with me. We can talk later about okay. it. Okay. I'll have to come <laughs> over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, because of COVID, I've been seeing everybody virtually, so I'm able to, you know, scare you over Zoom or FaceTime if you want. I like to say for my first timers, I love that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, but I'm sure it's an amazing experience. I never realized you could do it virtually. You can. You know, a lot of people still don't believe that I can do it, but once I do it on them, they're like a believer. They go, "No, how? I have done." they're like I'm in Texas I'm like cool I'm in New York they're like how (laughs) I have done hypnotherapy virtually and that if that works then I'm sure Reiki can work it does you know my sisters just did it um with my hypnotherapist and they were just shocked of how their body how they were reacting oh my gosh they were twitching they were shaking they 
it's unbelievable it, it is, is so cool i was wondering what's your birth order um the child or well hot question here Davina. Hot question. are you ready <laughs> yeah i sure. i have a half sibling so okay. we share a mom mm-hmm. i have a sister who's nine years older than me we shared a mom but basically she was out of the house by the time i was nine got it okay so you so. were basically an only child in a way yeah yes yeah. yeah i was gonna yeah my youngest sister she and i are almost 10 years apart mm. So I get it, and I'm the oldest, so that that's a whole other ball game. But whatever, uh-huh. it really is. Yeah. <laughs> Any other healing modalities that you'd like to like incorporate into your coaching? Yeah, I do um, a little bit of NLP as well as okay. EF- EFT, oh. so neuro linguistic programming, and then EFT, which is known as um, tapping or emotional freedom technique. Mm-hmm. Um, and tapping is simu- simulates uh, basically acupuncture because you're tapping on the meridians of the body to release yes. energies. Um, and that's super powerful. Like I'll be super transparent for anyone that's listening. Mm-hmm. When I first got into EFT, I was like, sure. Like I'm a big, huge, like don't knock it till you try it type yes. person. Cool. And so I was like, yeah, I'll give this a shot. But in my mind, I was like, really? Like, can this stuff really work? <laughs> oh my God. The first time I did this, I got nauseous because the, wow. um, I was working, I was working on my money mindset and doing a few tapping things. Mm-hmm. And it was so powerful. My body literally was like, so fatigued after and a little nauseous because of all of the stuff that I was releasing. And so it's, it's pretty again it's powerful so don't knock it till you try it um, i'm totally like that too that's my mentality i'm yeah. like very curious you know what if you were affected like that with it you would you know i feel like you'd benefit a lot from like family constellations oh i've got, never heard of that yeah so i did one of my first episodes i did it with a um, access bars and family constellation therapist and I did it last week. No joke. I, you know what like yawning means during Reiki or like a release? It's like releasing negative Mm -hmm. energy. I could not stop yawning. I got so dizzy. I couldn't breathe. I was just releasing and releasing and releasing. And I had so much pain in different parts of my body that I thought like healed physically, Mm. but energetically nope they still needed some help and that really helped it and like i feel a little bit better now from the pain but that's something to look look into also if you're interested for sure yeah it's amazing and i think people don't understand that emotions really do live in the body um there's so many times it's before i became a relationship coach i was in the fitness industry and i had so many clients who'd come to me being like, you know, well, my shoulder's frozen mm-hmm. or, you know, having pelvic floor issues. And after a while of working with them, I'd be like, were you like, I'd ask, like, was there any traumatic incident that you remember that occurred at around the same time you started noticing these symptoms? And almost every time, you know, mm-hmm. it was something like the woman with the pelvic floor had had a sexual abuse <sighs> situation. Yeah, I was going to so- say. Yeah. And so those dots really can be connected. And then it's like, once you're able to, again, work through um, acknowledging and processing all of those wounds, then you can start to gain access and control back of certain muscles of certain body parts. And so, again, if anyone is listening to this and knows that they have a stuck shoulder or something going on, 
please do yourself the due diligence of actually like honoring your body and looking into that, you know, what can trying to connect those dots, you know, what, what was happening in my life when I first started noticing this symptom of mine. Um, so yeah, it's, it's so powerful. <clears throat> Have you heard of Louise Hay? She really talks about this a lot with her affirmations. Uh, no, I haven't, but I'll totally check, yeah, her, check out. her out. She has just basically a book of affirmations. And if you have certain any issue, like think about it and she has it and she gives you an affirmation to like read every day. And she's helped a lot of people that like would go to many doctors and the doctors wouldn't know. They'd say you're fine. You're fine. Don't worry about it. This, that, <laughs> you know, things we hear all the time. And mm-hmm. they, she would help them get better. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I believe it. Yeah. So emotionally regulate, how do we do that? Yeah. Um, Okay. So this is again, like super important. So with my clients, I usually work on emotional regulation when it comes to confrontation or fighting Mm -hmm. in a relationship. And what people need to understand is that your nervous system, it's so crazy how our bodies and brains are wired. Mm your nervous system when you are met with confrontation literally goes into fight flight or freeze response um which means only one part of your brain is firing and the brain that's in charge of decision making is literally shut off like the part of the prefrontal cortex which is how you make logical decisions is not operating so that is why communicating during confrontation if you're not good at emotionally regulating can be so difficult um And not only that, I actually learned the other day that uh, the bones in our ears constrict as well when our nervous system is set off. Really? So it literally makes, yeah, so it literally makes hearing more difficult. Um, So, oops. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is like the reason it's so important to learn how to emotionally regulate is one, if you're a parent, if you can't do it for yourself, you're not going to be able to do it for your kid. And then two, if you can get good at emotionally regulating, you're going to be able to actually problem solve within your relationships so much more effectively. Um, And so here are like a few tips for figuring out how to do that is um, you need to get out of autopilot Mm -hmm. and start to embrace consciousness. And so what I said before, getting into a daily practice of meditation, body scans, journaling, belly breathing, um, which belly breathing, which is also known as uh, diaphragmatic breathing um, is huge because it actually starts to activate the calming um, sense within our nervous system. Mm -hmm. So if we can get good at learning how to in those moments of reactivity pause and actually take a moment to dismiss ourselves you know like let's leave the room let's breathe let's meditate let's work through these emotions um and I literally teach my clients to do this I have like a whole step-by-step plan on like when you get triggered when emotions are high and you're trying to solve a problem take a time out taking a time out is okay it does not mean that you don't know how to communicate it does not mean that your relationship is doomed or that you're a bad person mm-hmm. so many people think that if you take a time out during conflict that's like a red flag and it's actually the opposite if you are mature enough to know that hey i'm dysregulated right now so nothing i say is going to be effective then that's amazing you need to separate yourself take your time to calm down um yeah, which <laughs> yeah which studies show that it takes no less than 20 minutes for our nervous system to become regulated again once it's been set off okay. so 
give yourself that time. And personally, when I do this, I take like a full 40 minutes because it's like I just give myself the time to calm down and like think through and then actually practice what I want to say. Like, okay, this was really the issue because the other thing to keep in mind Mm -hmm. within confrontation in relationships is nine times out of ten, what you're fighting about isn't actually what you're fighting about you're finding about something that's deeper. And again, going back to childhood wounds, nine times out of 10, when we are in these moments of confrontation where emotions are high, it's because an inner child wound was, you know, hit a nerve essentially. Oh, yeah. So, so being able to get ahead of these problems by doing the inner child work, whether you're in a relationship or not, thinking through these things, embracing meditation, embracing a movement practice and journaling and all of these things are going to make you, um, give you the ability to show up in your relationship the way you actually want to. So, um, yeah. And then my other tip with this is practice emotional regulation before you have a confrontation, Mm -hmm. um, pop up. So yeah, you can expect, um, that in the heat of a moment like later today or whatever with your partner that you're going to be able to do this because you've listened to a podcast about Uh, it you really (laughs) you really need to I try to be you really need to um start practicing like if you're on your way to work and someone cuts you off or something practice then like okay someone just cut me off I I just cussed them out. I'm going to take this time right here and do five belly breaths, right? And so you're inflating your belly like a balloon instead of breathing into your chest. Um, You can totally like YouTube uh, belly breathing exercises to learn how to do this. But, you know, start in those little moments before the big ones come because then you're going to be able to recognize when that big moment shows up in your relationship or with work or whatever you're dealing with. Um, you're going to be able to have self-control and be like, all right, I need a few minutes, you know, I'll see you in 30, give me some time to calm down. Um, and again, then that way you're going to be able to communicate more effectively. Um, and again, the science shows like your ears will be more, more open and you'll have the ability to listen. Yep. And then, um, the rest of your brain will be able to be accessible to you so you can make logical decisions. Um, but that like guttural instinct of fight, flight, or freeze, that response in us is so strong that we basically operate in the threat system, Mm -hmm. um, all the time. So, you know, we, and I think that's part of American culture as well. Um, we kind of need to start to get away from this, like, need of everything needing to be done right now and if not you're an awful employee or you're an awful partner like these beliefs that we have in our society don't contribute to us working on a soothing system as much which is the meditating and the journaling and the movement and all of that um so yeah that's yeah those are those are my tips on um emotional regulation and another thing i kind of want to add which i think you'll agree with me is not to project your what your parents have done to you to your partner or think your partner is your parent. Yes, a thousand percent. And that will if if you find that happening, mm-hmm. which I'm really glad you brought that up. Um because uh, it's so sad. It's actually not sad. It's great. I don't see that happening in my relationship as much, okay. but I forget that that is something that people deal with all the time and um it's very true like if you grew up, I'm just going to yeah. use a personal example. Um, so in when I was really little, I used to get made fun of for crying um, 
by my parents. And so now as an adult, when I cry in my relationship, there's so much shame around crying. And for a while, um, at the beginning of this relationship, I uh, would always downplay my own emotions. Like, I'm fine. Mm. I'm going to be okay. This isn't a big deal. And um, the reality is that the reason I was downplaying all of my emotions is because I felt like I wasn't allowed to right. cry. That crying crying made me a bad person. Um, it, it was me being dramatic, like all of these things. Um, when in reality, it was just my body needing to release that, right? Like tears are, <laughs> this is a really funny saying. Um, and I don't remember who I stole it from, but they said tears are like, tears are like poop. We got to get them out of the system, right? They're toxic. <laughs> yeah, and so well. being able to really, and it's a funny little saying, but it's true because crying isn't a negative thing. It's just a sign that something in there is, is hurt and it needs to it's be released. Release. You know what I mean? I'm going to encourage yeah. my kids to cry if they need to, because I was mainly from my dad. I was kind of treated like a boy in a way like, oh, don't cry. Be strong. This, that girls need to cry sometimes. So now Absolutely. when I try to cry, I actually have a hard time crying. If I cry, it's like all the way. It's like really just explosive. I'm like on the floor. It's it's bad if I have to be brought to tears. Like I can't yeah. just <laughs> tear like that. No, I have to yeah. have a release. And I feel like it's built up from all the times I was told not to cry. So I come back to that yeah. a lot. Wow. Yeah. And so if you find yourself like with whatever scenario with with your romantic mm -hmm. partner or honestly any relationship, but if you find yourself like, you know, oh, I'm not allowed to cry or I'm walking on eggshells okay. because of the like you don't want to be you don't want to disturb or annoy anyone like these are all things that I dealt with. Um, but if you find yourself like not just being mm -hmm which is such a vague thing to say, but not just being comfortable in your skin around your partner, then you're most likely projecting something onto them. And I would encourage you to just like one, start with all of the inner child healing work we talked about at the yes. beginning of the episode. But two, sit down with your partner and calmly just be like, Oh my gosh, I realized something and I want to share this mm -hmm. with you because it's something that I'm working on. And I want you to help me, you know, support me and hold me accountable and bring them in on this journey because, you know, I've done that with my boyfriend. Um, and he actually will literally be like, good job. If he notices that That's I amazing. have done something. That's good. Yeah. And so being able to, yeah, being able to, and that's again, like referring to holding space, mm -hmm. but um, bringing your partner in so that they can hold space for you, you know, and kind of telling them what you need from them. Like that's exactly what a healthy relationship should be a space where both of you can you know, grow and heal and learn together. Um, you know, you don't have to do it on your own. But again, that's with the caveat of making sure you have a healthy partner. Um, because if you're in a toxic yeah. relationship and trying to do this, you're only going to be constantly reopening those wounds and going through this same cycle over and over again. And nobody wants that. So, um, you know, just being very, very mindful I'm of that and, and get get good at acknowledging your inner child and, and parenting them, the parenting them the way that you wish you were. Parented. Oh, yeah. Um, you, have you know, when you have these negative thoughts come up of like, Oh my God, I shouldn't be crying right now. I'm so pathetic. Do you need to stop that mm -hmm. thought and consciously say like, I love you. You're safe. You're comforted. I'm here for you. What do you need? What can I do for you? Like 
these are the ways that, you know, our parents should have talked to us when we were being emotional. And so you doing that for yourself now is going to start to heal those wounds. I love Um, that. And also just holding yourself accountable if you do something wrong or if you notice that you made a mistake and you're projecting accountability is so important. And that goes for being a parent too. So like if anyone's listening to this and now you're terrified that you've screwed your kid up and they're doomed (laughs) for life. um, Yeah, you still have time. Yeah, you haven't. You still have time. (laughs) And honestly, taking ownership and sitting down, like let's say say you were the dad that Mm -hmm. came in and you were pissed off at work and you took it out at your kid or your wifey or whoever. Um, And, you know, if that happens – Go calm down and come back and take ownership of that to both your child and your partner. You know, I'm sorry. I had an awful day at work today. I didn't mean to take that out on you. Please forgive me, you know, whatever. And then sit down and explain that to your kid. You know, sometimes when mom or dad goes Mm -hmm. to work, you know, things can be difficult, just like sometimes school can be difficult, you know, make it relatable. And then, you know, so dad didn't mean to, you know, lose his temper on you earlier tonight. I'm sorry. Can you please forgive me? And what you're doing there is you're showing your kid how to take responsibility for their actions. And if you start doing that and modeling that in front of them, your kid is going to start taking ownership of their mistakes that they make in your household. You know what I mean? So there's so much opportunity if we can just humble ourselves to admit that we're not perfect. We all make mistakes. And start showing up in our relationships authentically like that, you know, I'm a firm believer that the world would be a better place if we all started operating in these ways. Oh, I believe you, but. Yeah. Got to get everyone on board first. It's a big reach. What's your sign? Mm. Oh my gosh. So do you want um, the Indian version or the Chinese version? Because I know Uh, both and they're different. Okay, so the one that um, is Chinese that we mostly talk about here mm-hmm. in America, my sign is a I'm a Pisces, mm. which a lot of people are like when I tell them that they're like, "What? I would never." No, I do. Is a, is I a do. Pisces. Okay, because my other sign is Aquarius, and I feel like, or like in the uh, Vedic version, it's Aquarius, and so I feel like. I tend to resonate more with those um, reading, like tarot readings or um, horoscopes. But um, yeah, I think I don't know what it is. It also might just be the year that I'm having and maybe it flip flops. But yeah. What's your boyfriend? Those... He's a Sag. A Sag and a Pisces? Holy yeah. moly. It can you put work. out his fire, don't you? Mm. No, that's a really cool way to yeah. think about it, actually. Well, that's what they say. You're yeah. the water, he's the fire. Sag men like to, like, you know, party, be fun, wild. Yeah. 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 He's 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 pretty grounded. I'll say that he's definitely, like, because um, I can see that for sure. And that definitely was a phase of his before I was in his yes. life. But now he's starting to calm down a little bit more. B.A. before Alex, that right? end. <laughs> yeah well it's also their rising it's more he might have like a air rising sign that could make him kind of, or even an earth yeah it's so cool i haven't pulled this chart i guess i I'll mean have to. you know you have to do that on the first date right no i'm kidding <laughs> well <laughs> two years two later, years later i like, mean <laughs> i think i'm nuts but i've done it and it's worth so 
yeah yeah if it works it works for you you. like are you crazy i'm like "Mm, i want to see what i'm getting myself into yeah (laughs) i have a ton of friends like that out here in california yeah i feel like that's why sometimes i'm like do i belong in california but then now like florida is all about the wellness spiritual scene so it's just like everybody's coming out into it slowly slowly good alex this was so enlightening and i want to know where everyone can find you please plug yourself yeah absolutely so um if you're on instagram that's typically where i spend the majority of my time my handles at the alex scott and that's with one t so s-c-o-t um and then also i'd love to offer your audience a free video series on fighting fair so it's a three-part series um all about digging into deep, like digging, digging deeper into the nervous system. And I have a step-by-step process in there. Um, so if anyone is interested in that, you can go to alexscott.com slash video series and um, download that uh, in exchange for your email address. It's completely free. So um, I loved creating it and I know a lot of people have loved learning from it. So if anyone's interested in that, feel free to head on Your over Your videos there. are great on Instagram. You made me, you made me laugh <laughs> oh, a lot good. in the past few days. Thank you. <laughs> good. Yeah, I do. I try and I feel like when people laugh and learn things. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder. If you like what you're listening to, if you like my content, if you like my podcast episodes, really appreciate ratings on Apple, reviews, subscribe, share to your friends, family, anyone you really think would benefit it. And thank you always for the support.